The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A happy Wednesday to you. A gorgeous Wednesday in the Capital Region. Hope you're enjoying it uh, if you can. If not, only a couple of more hours until you can get out there and do so. Uh, uh, you know, after work. Uh, lots coming up on the show today. I have another pair of those chaos tickets to give away uh, before 6 o'clock today. We will be talking about... Um uh, an Edmonton development, an Edmonton invention that continues to win awards, 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 uh, the latest from NASA and what that means possibly for your health in the future. It's an update to a story that we did a couple of months ago. Plus, we'll talk about this one. You've been probably reading uh, about it, uh, this Area 51 in this Facebook post um, that is uh, talking about storming Area 51. And now, they say it's a joke, but it's gone viral. And so we're going to talk to a fellow by the name of Nick Pope, who actually ran the British government's UFO project. Media call him the real Fox Mulder. Uh, we'll talk to him about uh, Area 51 conspiracy theories and all that good stuff. Plus, take a look at this, um, at this panel that's taking a look into why gas prices in B.C. are so high and what that might mean for us. You know, we've talked about uh, for a long time about, you know, let's there's some sort of collusion among companies that, uh, you know, the prices go up every long weekend, that sort of stuff, and, and what that could mean. So shedding some light on that. So we'll head to uh, BC, talk to Keith Baldry there in uh, just a little while. Right now, though... You have been hearing about this uh, on 6.30, Ched. Uh, a public outbreak has been declared after syphilis rates in Alberta rose almost tenfold in five years. Over 1,500 cases of the disease were reported last year compared to just 161 in 2014. In the Edmonton area, 977 cases of infectious syphilis were reported reported in 2018. That's an increase of 305% compared to 2017. To talk about this more, uh, we're joined by Maureen McGrath, a sex expert and scholar, a nurse, consultant, educator, and host of the Sunday Night Health Show right here on 630. Chad. Hi, Maureen. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. So when you heard about this, what went through your mind? Well, lots of things did, actually, but it's a real wake-up call, and it's an opportunity for education. But it's also understanding why the rise in syphilis. And one of those reasons is that we have increased access to STI, or sexually transmitted infection, mm. testing, which will uncover more cases for sure. But there's a number of other reasons as well. Okay, so there, there, you know, the, the good news could be that more people are getting tested, which is what we want people to do. But on the other hand, what does it tell us about, uh, you know, safe sex? It tells us that people may not necessarily be practicing safe sex, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, 
sex is more pleasurable without a condom. So many people don't uh, utilize safer sex uh, when they're engaging in sex. HIV is now considered to be a chronic disease versus a death sentence. Mm -hmm. and, and with the onset of treatment with pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, when people are at very high risk for a HIV, will take these medications to lower their chances of getting the infection. That can also give people this false sense of security. Mm -hmm. There's also high-risk populations. I think this is really important. Uh, the high-risk population, one of them is men who have sex with men. And these are males who engage in sex with other males regardless of how they identify. Mm. They might be married to a woman and keep their extramarital affairs secret, which is why this is a real cause for concern for women. They need to be on high alert because it's associated with a significant rise in congenital syphilis, which can lead to, lead to neurological damage and death in their baby. Yeah, you know, the, I kind of took a closer look at the report today, and it said that 60.5% of the cases were male, that 31% were uh, between the ages of 20 and 29 years of age and, and and to me I thought that 20 to 29 was you know an automatic you're using condoms but obviously that's not happening no it's not happening and but I also think people are not aware of the symptoms of syphilis as well. Oftentimes, the very first symptom is a painless chancre. And so people just might ignore that. That's the primary um, case mm. of, of syphilis. And so they might ignore it because it's painless. But it can be contracted. You can contract syphilis through kissing or any other intimate touch. You cannot contract it from a toilet seat. Mm. Um, but so if you're, if you already have HIV or if you have numerous sex partners, um, you know, it's important that we have the education to provide to people so that they understand what the symptoms are and that also this is a bacterial infection can be treated with penicillin. If treated early, you can yeah, you know, treat this basically. It can come back if you're exposed again, but we really need to get out what the symptoms are, especially that very first one. Yeah, when you talk about that very first one, I mean, is it does that is that like an open sore? Not necessarily, okay. um, you know, and, and it's it's often painless, and so it's they're round um, and they're firm, okay. uh, but but they don't hurt. And so people think, oh, this is nothing. It doesn't hurt. And they may not seek treatment for that. Secondary symptoms include a non-itchy rash that starts on the trunk and spreads to the entire body, maybe on the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. And it can be reddish brown in color. People can get oral or anal, genital, wart-like sores, mm. fever, muscle aches, sore throats, swollen lymph nodes. Those are symptoms of other illnesses as well. So it may not cause people to go uh, to get to seek treatment or find out what's wrong with them. Patchy hair loss, that might bring somebody into the doctor. <laughs> but headaches and weight loss and fatigue, those are things we experience with the flu and with um, you know, gastrointestinal disorders yeah. and that type of thing. Maureen McGrath joining us this afternoon. You know, health experts are recommending that sexually active people, regardless of gender, age, sexual orientation, get tested every three to, uh, three to six months if they um, you know, have a, a partner with a known ST have a new sexual partner, anonymous sexual partners, uh, have a previous STI diagnosis, have been sexually assaulted. There's a lot of things to think about there. And I think that there is still some stigma about going in and getting tested for an STI, Maureen. There is some stigma.
stigma around that. And people are afraid. They're afraid that they might actually have it, but it's so much better to get it. Something else that is on the rise that can also impact women and men, extramarital affairs are on the rise. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe the only area where women are gaining gender parity. According to some research, it's 19% for women versus 24% for men. But if you are in a monogamous relationship, you know, 100% monogamous, you know this for sure. And I ask, does anybody know this for sure? Mm. We're all, none of us are cheaters until we're cheaters. No one's a mm. cheater until they're a cheater, until it happens because of a sexless marriage or low sexual desire or just the you know right moment or whatever. Um, but that's why it's really important that, uh, you know, if you suspect or if your partner has had an extramarital marital affair get tested as well someone just texted in maureen and, and uh said you know i have one word for that outbreak tinder <laughs> so absolutely. Think about, oh, okay really yeah absolutely casual sex dating apps have certainly contributed to the rise along with chem sex um which makes people less inhibited inhibited and less likely to practice safe sex. So chemsex is, you know, getting high using crystal meth or any other substance, uh, mind-altering mm -hmm. substance really falls under chemsex. But, um, you know, utilizing drugs and engaging in sex can also increase your risk. But definitely Tinder and the other casual sex dating apps have provided this smorgasbord of opportunity for people to have sex with somebody and then somebody else and, and choose whomever they would like to without knowing their sexual health history and without having a guarantee necessarily that somebody else does not have a sexually transmitted infection. You know, uh, Maureen, I can remember being uh, 36, newly divorced and kind of back out into the dating world and I wasn't alone and I know I'm not alone. There's people getting divorced at all sorts of ages where you're 30 and your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and and uh you know you'd been in a in a monogamous marriage whatever it is now you're back out there dating um and maybe you don't think that you have to worry about it because of you know your past history but how do you have those conversations i mean you know I, I think if you know a lot of people would say if you're an adult and and you're about to embark on a, on a sexual relationship with someone you should be adult enough to have that conversation but i think for a lot of people it's very difficult so what are your tips on 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 having those conversations about getting tested about previous uh you know past sex health that sort of thing uh, the most difficult conversation is the heat of the moment conversation. <laughs> so probably my best tip is to try to have that conversation beforehand. Um, if you're heading down that direction, that might be difficult when you're at a bar, you know, on a Friday yeah. night. And it's, you know, heading home with somebody. Um, but, you know, having that conversation, as you say, say what you mean, mean what you say, um, and and say, you know understand that it is for your protection mm -hmm. and and that this is advised um it's important to have that done and and you know maybe that is your deal breaker mm -hmm. uh you know establish that as your deal breaker as such if if you'd like to do that but to have a, a you know comfortable confident conversation with somebody um, and have a mantra you know, that which you use with everybody that you have sex with. I don't want to give some sexually transmitted infection to you. By the same token, I don't want to receive one, receive that gift from you either. <laughs> um, you know, Jason had tinted it, texted in about the Tinder and then this one, um, Maureen, which I, I'm going to read because I'm sure you'll have reaction to it as well. Uh, <laughs> says simply, consequences of an immoral society. End of discussion. Absolutely not. <laughs> totally disagree. Thank you. Sex is a 
sex is a part of life. Mm -hmm. We are sexual beings from cradle to grave. One of the problems is that sex is such a taboo. And when sex is such a taboo, we don't educate our children, our adolescents about it, Mm -hmm. even adults. Then we run into increased rates of uh, sexually transmitted infections like we do, increased rates of pregnancy. Research has demonstrated that. And so we really have to take this moral code away from um, being sexual or, or expressing our sexuality. One of the other problems is when people are not allowed to express their sexuality because of society or because of family pressures, they then live a life that is full of shame and secrecy and lies, and they may marry somebody that they're not attracted to just for the sake of the family, but on the side, um, out with, um, you know, maybe having men having sex with men, um, or, um, you know, there's a number of reasons why people will uh, place their health at risk Mm. because of the shame that's associated with sex. Um, it goes back to me, it's the importance of good sex education. And I can remember, you know, a uh, sex education class for me back in the, in the 70s and the 80s. And then my parents who who uh, raised me, I can remember them sitting down and having that talk. And as embarrassing as it was for everyone involved, I mean, we had that talk and then we had an open door policy. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I'm thankful for that. And I know that's not easy for, for absolutely everything. The one other thing that I think, too, is, you know, when you talk about this increase in the, in the syphilis rates and the reasons for it, um, and people talk about abstinence and stuff, if, if you're using uh, condoms, whatever, uh, it is condoms that will protect you from this, right? Yes, but not 100%. That's right. You know, unless you have a full body condom, I say. Um, so that's why it's important to know who you're having sex with, understand their sexual health history. Um, are, you know, is your relationship monogamous 100%? Can you guarantee that? Um, and so it's really, the, you know, the education is critical but also not denying mm-hmm. that we are sexual beings and that there are risks yeah. to sexless marriages. There are risks to raising your children in a way that shames them for their own sexuality. Um, you know, sex is shrouded in shame, and that's so unfortunate. And, and these are the results of poor education uh, around uh, sex for our children, for our adolescents, and even for our adults. There are so many myths surrounding sex. I hear it from women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, you know, I had a patient the other day, and she was given the choice of she had a prolapse she was given the choice of a particular surgery that would re- that would end her sex life would mm. put an end to her sex life she wasn't even sexually active and she said to me you know maureen i'm not ready to end my sex life just yet she was 89 years old wow. and i said are you sexually active i thought you weren't she said no i'm not but you know what one never gives up hope <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it um now you had touched a little bit earlier on congenital syphilis which uh, occurs when a child is born to a mother with syphilis. The province, uh, Alberta, did say that 22 cases of congenital syphilis were reported in Alberta between 2014 and 2018. One of those um, babies was still born and I just wanted to touch on that uh, a little bit more. I mean, there is uh, obviously um, uh, huge consequences um, in pregnancy. Completely preventable. Sad but true. It breaks my heart to think that had this the education been provided, you know, sometimes we can't fault people. They don't understand that if they have a shanker on their mouth that that can be 
a first sign of syphilis and that can lie dormant in their body for decades. Mm. It's so sad because congenital syphilis not only is preventable, it is a severe disabling and often life-threatening infection that we have we see in infants. And so this is how it is transmitted. A pregnant mother who has syphilis can spread the disease through the placenta to her unborn baby. Maureen, um, I don't know how much time, I think I've taken uh, taken too much time from you already, but I was reading uh, on your blogs today, and I did want to touch on this quickly while we can, um, just switching gears completely, and it was something that I was interested in. A couple of your blog posts recently talking about the impact of social media and online time on relationships. Are you seeing that causing a big problem with couples these days? Big problem. Uh, it's never been easier to cheat, and it's never been easier to get caught uh, mm. because of the internet internet and because of online dating and because more women are in the workplace there's a number of reasons and often people aren't necessarily true about their status they're not real about their status but the other thing is sometimes people are you know changing their status to wi-fi because they're looking for connection because that's the intimacy is lacking in their own relationship or marriage. And I see a lot of people in sexless marriages, which is a bit of an oxymoron, mm-hmm. but that has associated risks such as infidelity, loneliness, elevated blood pressure, early death. So this is another big issue that you know, oftentimes we deny. Many people are staying in the relationships yeah. where there has been infidelity and that's the new shame. We need to stop shaming people around living life <laughs> to the fullest. You know what, uh, Maureen, I would love to talk uh, to you about on that topic uh, sometime in the future and some more things I read on your on your blog post today. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this afternoon. Appreciate it so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. There you go. Maureen McGrath joining us this afternoon. Again, you can follow her on Twitter at Back to the Bedroom. The website is backtothebedroom.ca. Maureen McGrath, a sex expert, a scholar and consultant, educator, a nurse. Uh, We've been talking about this outbreak, this, um, this... public emergency that they've declared about syphilis in this province. We'll go over again some of the things that you need to know right after this. This text just came in and says, so yeah, sex should not be stigmatized, but in the same turn, what message are you sending if you are otherwise telling people that it's open season and you should just go ahead and mount up on anything that squats to go to the bathroom? That's not what we're saying at all. At what point did we say that? Um, I think Maureen, actually I know she said, know who you're having sex with, have conversations, protect yourself, protect yourself, ladies and gentlemen, protect yourself. (sighs) Humans are sexual beings. We are. Um, And that's just fact. Um, And so if you're going to have sex, uh, you know, have the conversations, know who you're having the sex with. And if you're into anonymous sex, make sure that you're protected. That's what she's saying. She's not saying don't have sex, but make sure that you're protecting yourself. And that comes out male and female. Doesn't matter. Um, so someone was wondering what uh, the public health is doing about it. So just to let you know, uh, Provincial Outbreak Coordination Committee has been set up. The committee, which includes Alberta Health, Alberta Health Services, and other provincial health officials, has been tasked with coming up with a strategy to increase STI testing, promote public awareness, and reduce the overall number of syphilis cases in Alberta. And again, if uh, you're sexually active 
regardless of gender, age, sexual orientation, get tested every three to six months if you have a sex partner with a known STI, have a new sex partner or multiple or anonymous sexual partners, have a previous history of an STI diagnosis, and if you've been sexually assaulted. Again, Maureen's website is backtothebedroom.ca.